So what I want to share with you are some encounters of times that I have been miraculously rescued. And I hope that it, it stirs or triggers some things for you. And for one or two of you, it may actually be a life-saving word that you receive. So we'll see how that goes as, as we continue on, okay? Uh, first of all, let's start with Scripture. I want to look at... Where do I want to go, Lord? I want to look at Mark chapter 4. I think that's where I want to go. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. And we're going to see what that... What do you think it'll do? Good job. All right. Either that, guys, or we're going to have to mic me somehow because I'm, I, I get distracted when you do this. So um, we'll do our best with that, okay? And we'll just take it from there. So if you see the bobbling around, she may need to move this thing up a little bit. And uh, we'll take it from there. Okay? All right. So Mark chapter 4. Um, let's go. I'm not even there. Okay. And we're going to look at... I want to look at verse 14. This is the parable of the sower. And it talks about how Jesus went about and he was telling them that the word, the kingdom of God is likened to a man that plants seeds. And it, the, there's some seeds that are planted by the wayside, some seeds are planted here, some seeds are planted there, and all the different things that take place. But what he says when the, when the disciples wanted to hear afterwards, this is verse 14 in the, or 13, where they went aside to him and they said, uh, verse 12, okay, let me go up. Verse 10, it says, Afterwards, Jesus, his disciples, and those close to him remained behind to ask him about his parables. And I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. He said to them, The privilege of intimately knowing the mystery of God's kingdom realm has been granted to you, but not to the others, where everything is revealed in parables. There is a understanding. Some people think that the privilege comes from God's side, as though God only singles out certain men and women uh, in, in each given era, and he picks them like they got the lucky golden ticket, so they're going to get all these great things from heaven, but that isn't true. What he was saying is to you two, you all have pressed in, and you come behind the scenes. After the whole thing is over, you want to meet, and you want to talk, and you want to glean. And so he says, so to you, it has been given to know about the, the, the realm of the kingdom of God because you have asked for it. You have pursued it. The kingdom is not doing you a favor by just being handed to you for you or I or anybody else to just treat any way we want to. But he says, but to you it has been given to know. And then he says this, uh, for even when they see what I do, they will not understand. And when they hear what I say, they will learn nothing. Otherwise they would repent and be forgiven. Now, that sounds like he's saying, if they repented, I'd have to forgive them. And they would have an understanding. Listen to it again. He said to them, the privilege, this is verse 11, Mark chapter 4, out of Passion Translation. The privilege of intimately knowing the mystery of God's kingdom realm has been granted to you, but not to the others where everything is revealed in parables. For even when they see what I do, they will not understand. And when they hear what I say, they will learn nothing. Otherwise, they would repent and be forgiven. Now, does that or does that now sound like he said, see, if they repented, I'd have to tell them. <laughs> I mean, to me, that's the way you could read it. 
But that isn't what he said. What he was saying to them is, you drew close to remain behind. It's in verse 10. They remained behind to ask him about his parables. We want to know more. I'm going to take a mic in my hand. Thank you. And we'll see if this will solve the problem. Okay. Prayerfully so. I'm not going to talk like that. I may have to move this. Okay. We'll try. All right. So they remained behind to ask him, what? Tell me more about what you were talking about. It was a great message. The anointing was flowing. My God, did you see how many people got saved and got healed and got this and that? Well, nobody was getting saved, but they want to get healed. But, you know, got into what, what you were saying. But what did you mean when you were talking about these soils or the, the, the sowing of the seed? What were you talking about? Birds and, and this and that and the other. And so he's saying to them, you pressed in to go beyond what was delved out. You came back for leftovers. You came, like some of my relatives will, that was a nice tasty dish. You got leftovers. I brought, uh, <laughs> we brought our empty dishes to take home whatever it is that you've got left. Because we want more of this meal. We want, we're not satisfied with just the taste that you gave us. We want more. And so here it is. So he says, so it, it's to you it's been given to know. This privilege of intimately knowing the mystery of God's kingdom has been granted to you. But not to the others where everything is revealed in parables. But they weren't interested enough in the, in, in the story behind it. For even when they see what I do. And he's saying everything I do is out and open. It's not hidden. They will not understand. And when they hear what I say, they'll learn nothing. Because if they would hear what I was saying, if they would understand what I meant, then they would repent and be forgiven. They would be able to change their course, change their thinking. They would be open to the way that I speak and the way that I do things, and they would be forgiven because that's the road to forgiveness. But what they don't do, but because they're not choosing to come into the greater, to come into the more of God and to know what must I do? What, how, how can this be applicable to me? How do I get these blessings? Not just the usual, customary, reasonable blessings, but the gobsmacking, sh shoot to straight for the moon or receive from the moon kind of stuff. How do we get into the big stuff? I mean, we want to move beyond the basics. We want to go into a place of intimacy with you where we get what you've got and we get to know how to do it the way that you do it. This is the hunger and the thirst for righteousness that opens things up. So he said, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any parable? Because it's that important, he was saying, for us to understand why this seed planting of the word, why this harvesting of the word, why the growth of the seed of the word planted in your heart was so vital to kingdom existence and kingdom life because the word of God is essential. It has always been essential. It always will be essential and nobody gets to overrule that. And so he's saying, if you don't, if you don't understand this, how would you understand the rest? That's a question. But here's the powerful part about it. Since they had just come to him and he said to you, it has been given to know. He's letting them know understanding is coming to you. These mysteries this your, will be your honor to have an understanding of the kingdom of God. You have just pushed yourself past the level of simply, merely being 
and moved into a place where you have declared your intention to be as intimate with God as he would allow you to be. That's what they did because see that's the doorway into the kingdom of God. And they said then, he said, and I like the King James Version where it says the sower sows the word. But here in this version it says, let me explain. The farmer sows the word as seed. And what falls on the beaten path, I'm in Mark 4, verse 15. It represents those who hear the word, but immediately Satan appears and snatches it from their hearts. The seed sown on gravel represents those who hear the word and receive it joyfully, but because their hearts fail to sink a deep root into the word, they don't endure for long. Now, this is talking about so many different things. I don't know how long we're going to stay on this before we get to the story, but let's, let's dig into this a little more, okay? He says, for when trouble or persecution comes on account of the word, they immediately wilt and they fall away because their hearts fail to sink a deep root into the word. Wow. A another way of putting that in the King James, it says they don't have any root in themselves. And so they endure but for a time. And afterward, an aff when affliction or persecution arises for the sake of the word, it comes to steal the word. Immediately, they are offended. Wow. So either way, you're not going to have what you need to do the internal battles. And you're going to get beat up by circumstances. You're going to get beat up by your thoughts. You're going to get beat up and you're going to be soundly beaten. Because you're not going to have what it takes to be able to overcome. And I have to tell you, you were meant to overcome. That's the whole victory in Jesus kind of stuff that we're talking about is that you have the power to overcome through him by the power, the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit who activates the written and the spoken word of God to move on the inside of you to be implanted, to be deeply rooted so that you're grounded in it. It's an interesting thing. It's a seed that's planted in you for you to be ground, planted into the seed, for the seed to, to take root in you and therefore for you to have your roots in that seed, you to be richly dwell indwell uh, the indwelling word the abiding word of god uh to be on the inside of you to nurture you actually to read you and then to and then to grow you even as it grows on the inside of you these are some of the mysteries of the kingdom this is how the kingdom works because remember if you read verse one of mark chapter four as you go through the entire thing he says listen i want to tell you about the kingdom of God. I want to give you as much insight into what the kingdom of God is about as I can while I'm here because everything I'm teaching you now, you're going to be using it when I'm gone. Even though they didn't know he was really going to be gone. He's like, this is what you need. I'm giving you what I use. I'm giving you what I have. I'm giving you the very principles of the kingdom that are working for me and you are seeing how they work. I am telling you, I'm demonstrating something to you, but I'm not just demonstrating. I'm giving you what it is that I myself have walked in. And even though we didn't know, they did not know this at the time. And I will be sending you everything that you need. The activator, the activation, the, the spirit of God himself will come to dwell in you so that what I do, you can also do. Bam. That right there, my loves 
is the place where so many people stumble and fall and whine and bawl and squall and do all kinds of things. Everything but stand up, you know, and say, I can tie my shoes now in the name of Jesus and I'm going to start walking in this word. Instead, they sit there and go, wow, 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 would you please pick me up? No, you're going to get up though, okay? So, <laughs> anyway, your heart has to sink a deep root into the word. Your heart opens up, lets that word come in there and then it covers it and says, I'm keeping it. You understand? Like imagine you are a, your heart has a, somebody has dug up a, a, some of the ground so that seed can be planted into it. And if your heart is going to develop that root, that means as soon as the seed of the word of God is planted, your heart says, Ooh, no, you're not getting away from us and covers it again to say, I'm keeping you. I'm going to let you uh, do the things in me, bring about the death within me that is necessary, the death to the way that I think things should be done. What we call dying to self. And we float around talking about dying to self. And I ask you, well, what does that mean? Well, I don't know, but I know I'm supposed to do it. Well, what you're going to do is let the word of God kill it. Mm. Kill everything that is foreign to the kingdom everything that would you would call an obstruction everything that would be a disruption everything that would be it's just filthy unsanitary unnecessary nasty stuff that you have lived in all the time before but the word comes to clean you the word has the same cleansing action agitation as the blood of jesus does as the voice of the spirit of god as the singing as the worship as every single heavenly key heavenly force heavenly goodness all of these things whether you call it a force a factor a key um a sound it's all those things that's the awesomeness of the seed of the word of god it's not limited to what's on the outside of a packet it's whatever it is that he has sent it to be it shall be and because it's multi-dimensional it can be more to you. It's ever-changing, ever-changing you, but it itself is constant. The Word of God is constant and continually points to Jesus, continually points to the kingdom, continually points to the Father, to his heart, to the tabernacle, to the patterns, whatever it is, whichever part of that, it's all a part of the same thing. It's like you call it this or you call it that, but when you call it the Word of God, when you call it kingdom, it will manifest into whatever you need it to be. Can you prove that? I can. In Exodus, when Moses was asking, when he had that encounter with God, and then he said, what you sending me to these people, God gave him a word. And he told him, you go tell them. He said, well, what am I supposed to say sent me? You're going to tell them I am sent you. I am? What kind of name is that? <laughs> I am whatever I need to be for you. The others before Abraham, they did not know me in the way that I will manifest. They knew me in several dimensions, but you can know me in, uh, in many, multiple dimensions. Why else do you think Moses was willing to go climb up a mountain and hang out with God other than the fact that God is so supremely awesome that it's like, dude, I don't know what them people down there are doing, but I know what I'm doing. Joshua's like, you right about this one, sir. I'm going to be right here with you. And you go on back down there and deal with them people. I'm going to stay right here. You see? Because they got to see the awesomeness of God. And if you tiptoeing around with a humdrum life, it's because you've never seen how awesome he is. But I'm not fussing. 
I'm just saying that. I'm not just saying it. I am intentionally saying it. But I'm not saying it to hurt your feelings. I'm saying it to provoke you. Don't you want the more? I mean, it's kind of like... <laughs> oh, it's so, like so many different things. Let's just stay on course. Ah, the dialogue we could have, though. Okay. Um, let your heart sink a deep root into the word. Because that's what causes you to stick with it and to endure. It's the word itself that causes you to gives you and I the ability to stay. So what does that tell you? That one of the characteristics of the word of God is staying power. You will stay. You will stand. You will walk. You will talk. You will fight. You will you'll be absolutely fierce. And you don't even have to walk a runway to do it. You know, you just get to let the greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world power start to ruminate on the inside. You start to, uh, uh, I'm going to say back build, even if you want, you know, pull you back into him and then build you up and then pew, explode through you because that's what he does. And so that's probably all I really need to say about it uh, because you understand that he's saying that without the word, you can't stand. When persecution comes, you're going to wilt like a little flower, just oh, with no root, and you're going to fall away. The seed, uh, sown, he says in verse 18, among thorns represents those who hear the word, but they allow, verse 19, the cares of this life and the seduction of wealth and the desires for other things to crowd out and choke the word so that it produces no thorn. Hmm. Wow. Thorns. Those are your attitudes. Those are our obsessions. Our preoccupations. Our cockeyed focus <laughs> on what's happening on the latest reality TV show. And did you hear what they said on CNN? No, I didn't. Well, I'd like to tell you. I don't want you to. Um, <laughs> You know, <laughs> okay. I'm not trying to be flip, honestly. I'm not. I really just don't want to know. I read the news reports on occasion after I've prayed because I like to pray ahead of the curve. I don't like to come behind it and do poopy scooper, poopy scoopy kind of stuff, you know. We like to pray and then read about what we prayed about happening, looking for the manifestations of what God has done. I don't read the papers to find out what the devil's done. I, I don't read the papers anyway, but I don't read news reports to find out what the devil is doing. I read the back pages where it's telling you what God is doing, but he will bring himself to center page, front and center. That's what he's in the process of doing, and he's unstoppable. <laughs> How do you stop the wind? I don't know. You can't stop this. So that's just a, a, a little tidbit of some things. He said, you allow the cares. So it's not that anybody made you do it. You allow it. Now that word there, they allow the cares of this life and the seduction of wealth and the desires of other things to crowd out and choke the word so that it produces nothing. That word allow is very powerful because it tells you who has the power. You do. You do. I'm not going to sing the song. You got the power. To allow the word of God. Crystal's singing it. I got that. Okay. Crystal. <laughs> you can fill in the rest of it. Okay. 
quiet. <laughs> I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> I have fun with her. She'll talk a little later. You have the authority. To you it has been given to allow or disallow. And so isn't it interesting that you can either allow the cares of this life and the seduction of wealth to and the desires, your desires for other things to crowd out and choke the word so that it produces nothing. So let's address that. Does that mean that I'm not supposed to desire anything? No, that's not what it means. Does it mean that all wealth is seductive and therefore I shouldn't want it? No, it really doesn't mean that. Well, um, what about the cares of this life? You know, a man's got to eat and this is going on and this. And yeah, um, what I'm talking about here what I believe one of the ways to interpret this is you let the worries of how are we going to you you disobey Matthew 6 where he told you don't worry about your life don't worry about what you're going to eat don't worry about what you're going to drink or wear or this or that don't be tripping is what don't worry means quit tripping some of you understand what that means some of you I'll have to say it this way don't take upon yourself the things that are not your responsibility, like caring so much that you lose your appetite and you lose sleep and you take on <laughs> the responsibilities you weren't called to and fail to take on the responsibilities that you were. God definitely has requirements for us. It's not just a little skip and jump through this thing. All right. What I think happens to many of us, though, is we focus on the part that he said, don't worry about. And we therefore don't allow, we don't step into the authority. We don't do the assessment within ourselves to find out where am I under par? Where am I lacking? Where am I not hearing the Spirit of God? Where am I not going into a place of intimacy? And just doing a checkup. Do you go, I, I, do you go to the doctors? Do you go get a checkup? Typically, they're going to tell you about your heart and your, your this and your that, all the stuff they from head to toe. They're going to kind of do an overhaul on you or at least do an inspection and let you know what you need, what little plug-ins you've got and, and all this kind of stuff. Well, do you, do you do that spiritually? Do you talk to the Spirit of God and say, where am I? I need to check in and find out. And I actually heard um, other ministers preach on this and I, I, I join in with that. And every time I hear somebody preach it, I go ahead and do it again. Because it's like, well, I already do that. I do that annually. It's like, yes, but maybe it's mid-year and you need to do it again. Or maybe it's quarterly and you need to do it again. Or maybe it's monthly and you need to do it again. Or weekly or daily, you know. That uh, you're in a tent, we're in a place now where we don't want to make mistakes and assume. We don't want to walk in assumptions. We want to walk in the knowledge of God. We want to walk in, in, in a place with him of intimacy where the mysteries are being revealed. And where he's letting us know this will save your life if you obey this. Alright. Um, so... Again, because uh, I'm belaboring this a bit, but allow the cares. That means the power is yours. The power to choose. The power to choose is a great and precious gift to us from God. You, will, you do not have to. Let me read it a different way. The seed sown among thorns represents those who hear the word. You do not have to be one of those. You can allow the cares of this life and the seduction of wealth and desires for other things to be crowded out by the presence of the Word of God. You can allow that to be so. You can crave that. You can command that. You can make room for that by submitting all of that other nonsense to this Word and saying you're going to have to bow. 
Because wherever the word of God is, the name of Jesus is present. He is the word. He's the living word. And so circumstances, you will bow to Jesus. Sickness and disease, you will bow to Jesus. Worry, you will bow to Jesus. Rebellion, dis, uh, unforgiveness, uh, disillusionment, depression, you will bow to the name of Jesus. And I'm going to let this word begin to fill me up. And I'm going to get around some folks that can pray for me until I get to such a place. I'm going to get into this word and get others to help me to, to learn. To, to I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit, teach me what I need to know. And you know what? Put me in traction if need be. <laughs> get this stuff into me because I, I don't want to go another day messing up any more than I absolutely have to. And, and if, I, if you're saying I don't have to, let's not. Let's just not do that, okay? Um, so the seed sown in good soil. See, I, I choosing, uh, I'm choosing what kind of soil I'm going to be. And I'm choosing what kind of soil I'm going to cultivate in my heart. And I'm choosing, because I can, these, this is like uh, pick and choose which one you want. Well, I, I think I pick number three, the seed sown on good soil, which represents those who open their heart. See, he's giving you the answer. You open your heart to receive the word and your life will bear fruit. Mm. And he talks about the yieldings and there's a lot of teachings on that, none of which is coming to mind right now. And I'm not going to go. There anyway, I've, I've exhausted this in terms of uh, as far as I need to go with it. Allow the seed of the word to grow in your heart. Receive it. Submit to it. Bow to it. Let it let it be so for you. That's enough of the hint there. If you got questions on that, go ahead and post them. And Frederick may be giving you. He's Minister Frederick Johnson may be giving you um, responses and things and. I see a finger up. I think that means I have a question. You do. Hi, Crystal. Hello. Yes, <laughs> I'll drink my okay. tea. The first question is, what activates the power to die to self? Is there a timeline for the evidence thereof? And when it manifests, what does the fruit look like? <laughs> Dude, that's cool. Now, what was that question? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I like it. Let's find out, shall we? Yes. What activates the power to die to self? That was what the activates the power to die to self? Okay. Now, here's how we do this. Holy Spirit, this is your conversation. Mm -hmm. And we would like to know what activates the power to die to self. That, my darling, is how I start. Always. I want to die to self. Well, the truth of the matter is, Galatians chapter 2 tells you, we've been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And that scripture goes on to say, and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by his power. I live by his presence. Let's go ahead and go over there. I live by the presence and the power of the Son of God. I don't live this thing um, according to my own attitudes. I moved in this with, with his, uh, let me see here. Let's look at Galatians 2 and let's go to verse 16. And I'm still reading out of passion, but I will also uh, skip over a half step. Okay. And then I, I, I like to break those questions down because I, I'm not going to retain all that. Right. We know full well that we don't receive God's perfect righteousness as a reward for keeping the law. So what they just said there is your your works and my works, sweet one, are not going to get it. it I'm not going to die to self just because um, I personally have decided to do it. It's got to be that I'm going to take hold of the power and the 
the privileges and the provisions that Jesus has already made. I'm going to do it by his grace, his power, his ability, his word. And one of the things that you learn to do is every time you read a command, every time you read something that the word of God has to say, mm -hmm. submit to it. See, the dying starts right at the place. Uh, my apostle, Dr. Baker, she likes to say it this way. She says, faith begins where the will of God is known and obedience begins right with, I'm paraphrasing, obedience starts right when you get to the first place where you don't want to do it. <laughs> That's my version of, of what she says. The, but she says it another way. She says, obedience begins at the place where you disagree with God. Mm. Somebody's got to submit. Somebody's got to say it, die. Mm. Okay? Somebody's <laughs> idea is going to have to kneel. And guess what, precious Poodlum? It's not going to be God. He said it, he made he he spoke first. He called, what is that? They call uh shotgun. He called shotgun. He said, I am the Lord. I do not change. <laughs> so, well, do we have a dilemma here? No, we really don't. We have come to a decision point. And that's how dying begins, submitting to that. He says, thou shalt not. Those are the easy ones. He says, quit lying. Well, I don't really lie. Okay, as soon as anybody says, I don't really, <laughs> you do. And what you're trying to do is justify it. He says, walk in the spirit so that you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, walking in the spirit means that you will be dying to doing things the way you want to do. Righteousness. Here, the righteousness of God, our apostle likes to describe it as the right wisdom, the right wiseness of God. Another way to say it, righteousness is doing it the right way. And there's only one right way, and that's God's way. Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't agree with that, you're alive. You're not dead. Wow. See, your opinion if your opinion matters to you more than what God says, you're you, you trying to live in a place where you need to die. Does that help? And it just keeps going and it just keeps getting better. <laughs> Obeying him. There's another way that you start to die. Doing what he says to do right now. Right now. I've been around too many Southern people. Mm. I am a Californian and I want to get that straight. Anyway, immediately, pronto, jump to it, jump to it, don't, you know, don't even ask how high, just go up, start going up, and if he says higher, go keep going higher, because he's going to tell you all the way. You can't do it except that you're living in your seat. Mm. You're going to have to live where he lives. You're going to have to take on what he does. Let's look at his, keep going here. Um, his faithfulness, not ours, has saved us, and we have received God's perfect righteousness which means that we have the inbred, given, God-given ability by way of the Holy Spirit to crucify our flesh daily. Mm. Mama would say, die, sucker, die, or something <laughs> like that. To crucify our flesh daily and tell it you're not going to do. Let, let, me, let me give you an example. You may, no, I'll, I'll use me. I am um, currently in a position of what I call walking in obedience. God said, you're going to have to deal with your weight. Now, he's been telling me that for a, a number of years, and I always found a real good reason not to. 
Well, I came to the place <clears throat> where I could live or die, for real. And obedience keeps you alive. Because you start training yourself by little things to hear his voice. I still miss it sometimes in the subtle, but I believe he's trained, I said training yourself, but I should say it another way. Let him train you and you agree with the training. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing is you're pulling yourself along and saying, I, I, because he won't make your decision for you. You have to choose to die. And then he'll help you. Okay, that's probably the simplest answer. Mm -hmm. And then for those, if we are those who desire to be saved from our sins through our union with the anointed one, does that mean our Messiah promotes our sins if we still acknowledge that we are sinners? No, because as far as he's concerned, he came to change your identity. Sinner is not your identity. It may be something that you do, but it's not supposed to be what you identify with anymore. Okay, and he said in verse 18, for if I start over and reconstruct the old religious system that I've torn down with the message of grace, I will appear to be one who turns his back on the truth. Ain't that the truth? You don't want to turn your back on the truth. You want to walk in his obedience. Christ, Jesus Christ made the way. We just looked at these things in Mark chapter 4. And remember what he said. He said, I'm teaching you how to heal. I'm teaching you that this pressing into intimacy is what gives you the inside word of what happens in the kingdom. And that's something that you're going to need to be able to navigate this life. Do it how I do it. Mark, I mean, Matthew 11 in the message translation, he says, learn how to do things the way that I do so that you will learn the unforced rhythms of grace so that you can flow in these things with the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, leading you. Your, our biggest problem is that we won't yield. Yielding to him will kill the things of the flesh. Okay? So that's a, a long answer and a short answer at the same time. There's little short answers and then there's that long one. What's the next part of the question? Okay. And does that, and, and tell me if that works and keep talking to me, please. Okay, so the next part of the question is, is there a timeline for the evidence hereof? Is there a timeline to basically start seeing the evidence, I think, of what the first part of your question is? All right. Yeah and no. The timeline is something that you look for because you want a measurement. But in the timeless realm, it's yeah. actually already done, and you're going to learn how to start walking that out. I know I just sounded like Yoda. <laughs> but Jesus is smarter than Yoda. He doesn't talk like that, like that backward stuff, which I'm not going to do, okay? Okay? So, what I want to say to you is the timeline is the line, actually, it's, it's the, the, the Kairos time is the timeline. The now time of God. There's a Kronos, but there's a Kairos, and they're supposed to be in conjunction existing together. What we're supposed to do is merge the time in which we live with the time in which he speaks and to move out of the time parameters that we of limitation and move into the eternal realm in earth heaven and earth this is what i'm but be it in earth as it is in heaven and change kingdoms because then you the time is now it's always now time it's it's not next time or later in time because the time of God is now. 
I know that's, uh, let me try to clean it up. Okay. I say, I want by such and such a date to do thus and so. Have you ever done that? So you've set a parameter. By, this is what we call goals or objectives and, and things of that sort. So six months from now, this is where I want to be. Six months, but three months from now, this is where I want to be. My goal posted this, um, you know, I, I three months from now, I want to do this. So you set these little time parameters. And you either get really excited because you made them and you're on schedule or you get a little ticked off because you're off schedule with things of life. And you can do that with uh, certain types of projects that you've set in motion. And you can do, uh, you know, you can do things like that, but that's not what you want to do. What you want to do is step into him and let him move you along. And, and let's say, move... How, how do you want to say this, though? He wants you to flow with him. And not be so concerned about how long will it take. But instead get it settled within yourself. It doesn't matter how long it takes. This is the commitment that I've made. And so if I've made the commitment to move in this, it begins when? Now. And so you are now in the time. And every day you will progress further and further along. But you will not be concerned with three months. I need to have a measurement of it. The measurement of it will be when you stop telling people and they start telling you. Mm. Okay? I was using the example of what the Lord has said um, to me with regard to um, the things that have to change about me physically. But when I started this particular part, I started this journey 11, 12 years ago. And dropped uh, a certain amount and then gained it and dropped it and um, you know things like that and so um, I moved in measurements of obedience but I never finished the vision fulfilled the vision God gives you a picture tells you this is where I want you to go he gives you a destination tells you this is where I want to go if you are headed towards where, from where I live to Los Angeles and you drive for two and a half hours, you will be closer to Los Angeles, but you will not be there. You drive two and a half hours south from where I live, you will end up somewhere around Fresno, um, somewhere Bakersfield, maybe there, but you won't be in Los Angeles. And so if you stop at that two and a half hours and go, well, we've gone far enough, you are not in obedience to the destination. You have not reached the destination. You've gone part way but you did not finish the course. And so it is. You can say, well, God told me to drop weight or he told me to stop doing this or he told me to begin to do this, whatever it happens to be, because everything is not about takeaways. It's about making the changes that bring a fulfillment of destiny. And you can decide, I've done as much as I think is, is necessary. There you go. You're alive again when you should be dead. And um, you've decided that you've obeyed God as far as you think you need to go. You're in very dangerous territory. That's what I was. And so some people who hadn't seen me, who had not seen me since the days of the really humongous, and I will, I have pictures, I'll be showing you uh, within the next couple of weeks or months or something. Um, you start from that, they go, my gosh, you look so great. But people who have known you while you've been in your settled land of compromise, they don't see anything. They don't know, they may have known about your journey, but they also know that you're still unfinished. And so what happens is you're in a state of compromise, but you think you can call it obedience because you've done part of what God said, but you didn't finish it. 
That's why you can't be concerned with time. You have to instead be concerned with obeying. Mm -hmm. And if you will change from the, 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 the earth thing, which is time, we have time in the earth, but in the spirit realm, it's timeless. So one, another thing Apostle Baker says, she says, this is, I'm quoting now, she, she likes to say, when you decide to take your stand and obey God, you won't have to stand very long. And even if you do, it doesn't matter. Because where you're standing is in a place that pleases him, which is more important than you being pleased. When that transition starts to happen, you just progress further along. And so again, your question about the time, you are always, by obeying God, you're always in now time. Kairos time, where surprises, miracles, and amazing things can begin to happen for you because you're flowing with what the way he wants it done instead of putting God on your clock and saying, okay, if I'm obeying you, you need to have these things done by a certain time. And I mean, I can totally relate to that because that's the way that I used to process things. It's just that I was processing according to uh, somebody who should have been dead in those areas, dying to my will be done. You want to know what? When you can honestly say, God, your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Not my will be done, God. My kingdom is here, God. I want you to do things the way I want them. I'm able to tell you what I want, and I want you to do it the way I said. Sweetheart, you are suicidal. Spiritually so. It does not work that way. Okay, it doesn't work that way. God is never going to sing, I want to be your sugar daddy, because he doesn't. <laughs> he is very sweet, but he's all powerful, and he, amongst all the things that he is, he is God. And he deserves honor, not the other. So get off the time and get into the now. Make it now, and then it won't matter because you'll always be relevant with time. Does that help? Uh, she said absolutely helps. Okay. And there's more to it, but there was another question before her. Well, what did we open up tonight? Okay, this so is great, yes? go to the other question here. Okay. Yeah. Speak up so they can hear you. Mm -hmm. After I accept Jesus as my Savior, memorize the Ten Commandments and the fruits of the Spirit and apply these to my daily life, will I be dying to self? <laughs> where did you get that plan no you will be steeped in works and legalism and religion that's what will happen you've got to get to know the spirit of God I mean read the Ten Commandments absolutely do all that kind of dude or do that whatever no that's the wrong direction that really is the wrong direction okay I think you need to talk. Let's 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 bring that back a little bit more. Okay. okay. No, let's go to the other question. I'll come back to that one. I want to give them time to respond. Okay. So go to the other question. Go to the other question. Okay. All right. <clears throat> and if Apostle Baker is on, she may be typing a comment or somewhere. Anybody, else, um, some of my minister friends, you know, that's for. I, I gotta just. I'm gonna tell you something. This is what you're describing are acts of Christianity. I'm talking kingdom. It's a whole nother dialogue. After you have been saved, and it's so awesome, Apostle Eddie Miestas, uh, Papa Eddie taught this today. I was on a call, and he talked about the difference between being saved and being born again. And what he was talking about not was not that you're not 
uh, born again, but the walking in the realization of it, if you will, your your rescue from from hell, death, and the grave, your rescue from from the things of the world does not bring it. It opens you up to the possibilities of the realm of the kingdom, and you're going to have to step further in. And by doing that, the the Bible tells us very clearly. Jesus said. The way that that's going to happen is your introduction to the Holy Spirit. He has come to abide, but you don't know it. And you're going to have to get to know the, the ones that dwell in your temple in order for you to be able to, to live an actual life instead of a boring, legalistic existence where you have to, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. The Ten Commandments are all encapsulated. Jesus told you this. Two, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and so forth, and love your neighbor as yourself. You, Come on, come on, come on in. Because, see, we have the power of repentance. We have the power of a changed mind. It's not just staying in Old Testament um, things, Old Covenant things. you got to come out of that and, and find out how that has been placed into this, this realm where we're walking down through Jesus Christ. He is the fulfillment of all those commandments. He is the one. Remember, he let Moses know and he let Elijah know. The law and the prophets, it has all been fulfilled through Jesus. So you're going to have to come up. That's that's low, baby. That's low grade. I'm not making fun of you. I'm not, I'm not ridiculing you. I'm telling you there's more in store. And and I'm going to ask, have you heard of the Holy Spirit? In the book of uh, Acts, I believe they said, we had not so much as even heard of him. Well, I want to tell you, I, we want to talk to you about the kingdom of God and let you know that you've got the right to come out of those things, out of that sin consciousness and find out just how amazing your life is really meant to be. You're not supposed to live that low. So don't. We're going to talk about this some more. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Give another example of dying to self, personal or general. Thank you. Personal, because I, general, I'm, I'm, I'm floundering here. <laughs> okay, here's one. So let's continue with this story about my journey into the land called obedience. I am currently walking in obedience as it pertains to my body. And I'll tell the whole testimony when I show pictures. But I'll give you this. So when the Lord... Uh, spoke to me. I cried out to him. I was like, okay, I'm supposed to be losing weight. I gained 15 pounds and, and this 15 pounds look like 40. And it's like, this is not right. I'm not doing something. And I mean, I was just totally disobeying because, and let me describe my disobedience. It was um, coming up with my own plan, doing what I thought was best because I had already done what God said and it did work. But I, I mean, he never really gave me a ready for it timeline. <laughs> long enough there's other foods out there to be eaten and if I stay on this old draggy thing I'm never going to get to eat anything else well I was wrong but he said okay sweetness so he gave me a new plan because I got a call from my apostle no I got an email she said I, I, I the Lord has told her something and I knew he had and it was I think a, just as much as a surprise to her I was just as surprised as she was when she told me that he basically had told me, this is it. And I said, okay. And I know she's looking at, you know, the phone, like, who is this and where is my daughter? Because there's no pushback on this. It was acquiescence. He said I was coming. And I had been walking with a recognition I could die. 
I had never been so aware of my mortality. I just kept feeling I could die. I could die. And I don't mean die to self. I mean die to earth like see ya, funeral, no more blood, you know, nothing. And it just kept coming up and it's like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I'm very blessed that the Lord told me once, I've seen ahead and I've seen your heart and I've seen the day that you turned your heart and you wanted to obey me. And I've come to that day. So when the apostle sent me an email with the food instructions, talk about your narrow road. Yeah, very narrow road. And I'll go into the cake story another time because I, I want to get, wow, we're almost out of time. Okay, so very quickly, I have followed that plan without deviation. There was one time I got a phone call and the Lord said to her, you think you're obeying, but you're not. And I was like, what? I was actually shocked. What had tried to creep in was my old reasoning. And for me, it was a very simple thing. I was using too much butter. Butter was something that's like, oh, thank you, I can have butter. But I was using butter like, butter is all, butter's got to replace everything. I was worshiping food. I didn't realize that, but it was still a, a, a form of idolatry. And so I was like, as soon as I got that word and she called with that, I was like, that's it. I'm eating nothing. I mean, I was like, I'm fasting until I know what to do because I was afraid. But it was the best kind of fear. It was the spirit of the fear of the Lord. I do not want to offend you. It was less about I don't want to I don't want to die, which is still true. But this was like, I don't want to offend you. I don't want to do anything that would cause you, you know, to have to turn. Or have to push me away. Or whatever it was. I, didn't, I My theology was all twisted up. You understand what I'm saying? So what happened is that I stopped everything. And he let me know what it was. And I got back on track. And I will tell you this much. Um, okay. As of now, starting from 11 years ago, I'm not done. Okay, I've lost over five pounds. <laughs> I've lost at least five pounds over the last 12 years, okay? A um, bit more than that, yes. But he gave me a very specific, and he did give me a, he gave me a direction, um, not a timeline, a direction. He said to me, when your weight comes to, when you drop X amount, then you'll get the next part of the plan. I will, and I'm not going to get into all that with you. I'm just going to tell you I'm less than 20 pounds away from that goal. And it's like, ooh, so there's something else I might get to eat soon, right? Because it's a very narrow road. And I stay on it. And every, uh, because I have purposed in my heart. This is what it says in Daniel. Chapter 1, I believe Daniel and his friends purposed in their hearts that they would not defile mm -hmm. themselves. That they, um, that they would not do the things that would be a defilement in the eyes of God. That protection was supernatural. My changes, physical changes, are supernatural. I purposed in my heart, I will not displease my father. I don't want to do anything that will displease him. It won't hurt him per se. But I want, he's always smiling. He always loves. I wasn't afraid to lose his love. This was about what Jesus said. I want to please my father. The king is my husband. I want to do what he says. This was just about loving him and letting him know I care so much about what you think that I will only do what you tell me to do. So obedience has been training me. 
to this walk has been training me to um get up to get up in the I'm an early riser now. Who ever expected if they had told me that I don't know what I would have said. Yes, it's gonna make you an early riser. Well it has. You know why? Because he's there to come and talk to. And so uh this testimony has been escalating and I'm experiencing supernatural help because I chose. I chose and then he took over. The only thing I had to do is choose. He's the one that gives the power. I don't have the power. He is the power. He's got me. I've got him. And so we're a testimony in the making. And I'm going to give the testimony at one time, not in these increments. But that's my way. What happened in the process? I died to the way I used to be. You know, I will never, ever go back to eating the way that I did. I know that there's some things that get added to my diet and there's some other things that are gone. I asked him, Lord, please, does that mean bacon is gone? He said, no, I'm so grateful. But I understand that you can't eat like one pound of bacon a day. I, I do understand that. Okay. So, <laughs> yes, you could, but I didn't. Okay. Just saying it's not to be. But here's my point. You make a decision. One thing, one simple thing. God has given all of us at least one assignment, and you probably haven't finished it. Purpose in your heart with the help of God, because I can't do it by myself. I'm simply going to agree with him that it's time for me to finish the assignment. And then I'm going to be Holy Spirit powered, filled with this word. And I'm going to see that my vocabulary is going to change. I'm going to give up behaviors. I'm going to start changing attitudes. I'm going to have more to laugh and smile about. I'm going to be like intolerant of any kind of demonic oppression or hatred or bitterness or anything, you know, like a bitterness. I'm going to become intolerant of these things. It's like, no, because that's going to contaminate this temple. I'm going to start having honor for my father and I'm going to come alive because the old man is dead, crucified, and now I'm alive to him. Finish that Galatians because the Messiah lives in me. Verse 19, I've now died to the law's dominion over me, the law of sin and death, so that I can live for God. I love the way it's written in the King James, um, where he says, my old identity, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, this is my testimony tonight, my love. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me and continually works on the inside of me, creating and energizing in me, affecting in me both the will and the desire to do for his good pleasure, satisfaction, and delight. I threw Philippians in there. Okay, so, um, so I'm telling you here in the passion, it says my old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. That's what you're killing. The identity of I just got to, I wasn't made that way. This is how I roll. This is how I do it. And how has that been working? for you not at all else you wouldn't be asking the questions right else we wouldn't look at ourselves sometimes oh, I hate my life I hate this I can't stand it Jesus no Jesus does not go around and say I hate my life I hate this like he doesn't say it and you want to say what he says so you're gonna have to let him live in you and work this thing out and you will be the better for it for the obeying okay I think I'm finished. Does anybody got another question? No, no, the oh. apostle made a comment. Oh, apostle made a comment. Yeah, she yes, said she has not had to call again. Obedience keeps phone calls fun. 
Yes. Obedience keeps on calling. She, because she would call and say, I was minding my own business. And the Lord said to tell you this. And you know. Hallelujah. I'm grateful. Thank you for that, Apostle Baker. <laughs> Thank you. You're right. It, the phone calls are fun. And even if it had to be a call of correction. Obedience causes you to love God so much that even when the correction punches you in the nose, you just push it back and do what he says because you want to please him. It changes you to be conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. And that's what we want because that's what he wants for us. Any other questions? Because we're about done now. Um, there was one last question. One last question. Did I answer the last part of that other question? Yes. Um, let's see. Okay, this one is regarding the timeline. I thought God only gives us so much time to change before he lets the situation deal with us. Not out of cruelty, but out of not forcing us to be obedient. Yeah, but why would you even want to live that way? See, a lot of the things that we learn, the rules and the ways of the things of God, <laughs> we don't actually have to walk in that. If we would obey, if we would choose, if we would submit, that would we wouldn't even qualify for that kind of stuff. I don't I don't want to live on that. That's not the edge I want to live on. I like things edgy, but that's not the edge. That's a ledge. I don't want to live there. So what I would suggest, honestly, and I'm not being the least bit funny, is maybe you should take on the mind of Christ, because that's not the way Jesus lived. Jesus did not walk here going, the Father's only going to give me so many opportunities to obey him before he pulls the plug. He said, not my will, but your will be done. And that's the level that he lived at. He lived at a higher level. You're talking Christianity. I'm not talking Christianity. I'm talking kingdom. Kingdom moves away from the ledge and gets into the center to go, as Apostle Cal Cook would say, to go from the... Um, the outer court to the inner court into the Holy of Holies. You don't want to live in these things. I want to live in a place where the privileges and the honor of the kingdom and the power starts to happen. I want to live in a place where I'm so alive to God. I am just sparkling all over with it, baby. And people are like, what you got? Rub some of that on me. You know, that's where you want to come away from the ledge. Get away from that stuff. Come into the kingdom life. And if you're one of our regulars, then we'll increase the Bible studies. We're going to do things a little bit. We're doing things differently. My apostle, Dr. Baker, Apostle Baker, who does Tuesday night chat. And to be honest, if you'd watch, it's actually called Really Telling It Like It Is. And if you'd watch last night, <laughs> I just pulled from that. <laughs> we talked a little bit about what she talked about last night. And you can catch that on the More Than Enough Ministries uh, Facebook page and also there's another thing that she does she does one called telling it like it is the kingdom way and that one uh, is a program that she is weekly it, it airs on either HSBN which is the Holy Spirit Broadcast Network or on the Loving Unity channel so you can go to Love and Unity on Facebook and you can see that I'm sure that it's being put up for those links and she does a program that happens every week I highly highly recommend these things if you want to learn about more about what you're doing go to that same more than enough ministry site and we are in the process of updating the website it's unfortunately it's not yet up to date but this stuff you'll be able to go to those websites as well and find it but meantime since you're on Facebook I'm just telling you to skate over to another page and she has uh, in in our um, um, 
under videos, there's something called helpful temperament moments. And she teaches about the five temperaments and the ways of, so that you can start to grow an understanding. And you can post your questions even, even now. You can ask questions. You can contact us at astoundinglove.org. That's the church address. Or contact us at mteminc.org. And I know all that's being put up there. And ask your questions. We like talking about the kingdom. But I want to persuade you. I want to encourage you to quit looking at life from a Christian perspective and step into the life of the kingdom of God because that's where victory and overcoming power is really going to manifest. I am in the midst of a testimony and I'm here to tell you within the next month, I'm telling this story about because I want my life to be a brag on God. That's what a testimony is. What God did, how he did it, I do not know. All I know is I was blind, but now I see. All I know was I was lame, but now I can walk. All I know is I was broke, I was poor, but God has made me prosperous. All I know is I was ugly, but now I'm beautiful. All I know, all I know, all I know, all I know is y'all talked about time. We're done. <laughs> Am I? Did I answer all the questions? I hope that really helps you, and I really want to encourage you to do that. Come into the kingdom. Get out of Christianity. Get out of religion. And it'll, it'll run from you, too. Okay, so, astounding love and more than enough ministries. We're receiving the tithes, the offerings, the online gifts, and so forth, and you can do all that. Um, as I said before, next week I'm not going to do this program live because I will be elsewhere in a wonderful meeting. I'm going to be a part of the Loving Unity National Conference in uh, Movement uh, Conference in Arkansas, and it will be broadcast live on a Loving Unity, the Loving Unity page. That's Apostle Eddie Maestas. Um, who else do I give a plug for? All of these apostles are awesome. I think I really, really, really love our apostle, though. So I've told you, watch her program. Apostle Cal Cook talks about kingdom every single day on the Golden Altars page on, on here. Um, there's other apostles that I'll be introducing to you and telling you about. But for right now, you want to learn about the kingdom? Apostle May, uh, Baker, Apostle Maestas, and Apostle Cal Cook, amongst the many apostles, that are the, the, the 11 apostles and the, and the prophet that are part of the Loving Unity Senior Council, everybody talks kingdom. And you want to get into the kingdom. And I do too. Okay? So we talk. Not just talk. We walk this thing. Are we uh, experts on it? No. <laughs> but we sure are enjoying the journey. So I want to say thank you to you for joining us tonight. Thank you for the interaction. This was fun. Keep asking your questions. Post them. We do moderate this thing. I want to thank Minister Frederick Johnson for the way that he's probably been popping scriptures up all night long. Frederick has more comments than anybody on the site. But all the things that he does to monitor and he pays attention. If you have prayer requests, whatever it is, even though we're going off air, we will pray for you. We do care about you. We genuinely do. And we want everybody to get this. We're spreading this message because it is not to be stopped. You know? Okay? So... I am Lundzine Lee, the pastor of Astounding Love at Global Church Fellowship. <laughs> I am a kingdom uh, citizen, and I'm growing in these things, and I'm a testimony in the making, and so are you.
So thank you so much for joining us tonight. We've had an amazing time. I release that truth over you. I release the breakthroughs over you. I release the miraculous over you. I release the love of God and the life of God in you. And I say, stir up the hunger on the inside, hunger and thirst after the kingdom of God, and he will fill you. So thank you for participating in and being a part of tonight's Kingdom Conversation. We will see you soon.